0: Dream big and dream out loud. People are too afraid to... Wait till it's perfect. Just tell other people what they're doing.
1: Best ever, listeners! Before we get into today's episode, are you looking for some financing? Maybe some more money to do your fix and flip projects. Are you looking to grow your fix and flip business? Well, guess what? Got a solution for you. It's Fun That Flip. You know Fun That Flip. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the show multiple times. He's a friend of mine and they love working with the best ever listeners. They provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days that quick. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com. That's dot com. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. With us today, Tim Herman. How you doing, my friend?
0: I'm doing great. Excited to be here. And uh, thanks for having me. Loyal best ever listener and really excited. Yeah. You mentioned that before the show
1: and I love it. I'm so glad to hear that you're a loyal best ever listener. And you are also active military, so thank you, sir, for your service.
0: Thank you. Like I said, really appreciate you paying your taxes, putting gas in the jets so we can go fly.
1: <laughs> well, you're giving me too much credit for paying my taxes. You're not sure I'm doing that, actually. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, I do pay my taxes, and I'm grateful that you're on the show. A little bit about Tim, he is the CEO at Up Equity, which is a real estate tech company. His company brings exclusive investment opportunities to the military community, He has spent most of the past decade flying and instructing in fighter jets for the Navy. And he is based in Hanford, California. With that being said, Tim, you want to give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. I think that life really is about finding things that you're passionate about and then pouring yourself into that. So with my background, chronologically, at first, my first passion was playing baseball. I wasn't good enough to make a career out of that. I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. So my next passion was actually naval aviation and being a fighter pilot. Through that, I have gotten a great affinity for the military community. We really have the opportunity to serve with our best and brightest and people that are just selfless and best that our country has to offer. So I've been lucky for the people that I have served with. But the military to me was always the great adventure of my youth, and I've been ready to find my next passion and move on. So, luckily, the very next passion that I found was my wife and my new son. My son's turning one next Friday, so excited about that. And by the way, Joe, I know that you just got married, so congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. But. That brings us full circle to what is the next passion? What do I want to do as I get out of the the military? I want to continue to serve the community that I've been a part of, but I want to find something that I have the time and the energy to, to devote to both my family and that. And so what that is for me is entrepreneurship and specifically real estate. I grew up in a family that invested across the spectrum, but real estate has really been something that... Speaks to me. I'm really attracted to the fact that you can get leverage on an appreciating asset, and I'm really attracted to the fact that it's a tangible asset. I think that people don't give real estate enough credit as an altruistic and exciting way to make money and make a living. You forget about the fact that when you're building or buying or creating a house or an apartment building, you're literally putting a roof over somebody's head. You're really driving value to the economy and to your customers and something that I'm passionate about and that I'm excited to be a part of.
1: With Up Equity, where are you at in the life cycle of the business?
0: We are at the very beginning of the life cycle. And what our goal with Up Equity is, is to provide the wealth creation and wealth management tools that have to this point been exclusively available to high net worth individuals. On your podcast, you talk a lot or your guests talk a lot about being an accredited versus a non-accredited investor. And I personally think that the American dream belongs to all of us and that non-accredited investors should have access to the same types of opportunities as accredited investors. So I don't know how familiar you are with the JOBS Act or some of the, the recent legislative changes. But our end goal is to be able to provide the type of wealth management service that your high net worth individual could get exclusively. We want to provide that to your everyday investor, but specifically to that community that I talked about earlier, which is the military community, which we have an affinity for. Got
1: it. You're basically putting together a crowdfunding platform.
0: We basically are. We did have a recent pivot away from that with the end goal being the same. But for the first couple years, we're going to do traditional syndication in order to establish a track record and to establish ourselves in the space, while our end goal is still going to be to come back and bring it to that military community.
1: Oh, okay. So basically, you're doing syndicated deals. And what is your real estate background so far, just so we have some context?
0: Sure. Personally, I have done a little bit of investing in single family homes with my wife, but that was one of the weak points that I had. And what I think I can drive the most value to your listeners on is talking about team building and networking. So you recently had a blog where you talked about your 15 lessons from, I think it was the seven multifamily syndication deals. Is that correct? Yep. Lesson three, you talk about going further by playing to your strengths, Mm -hmm. and I think that that is what we have done really well at Up Equity. But the first part about playing to your strengths is knowing your weaknesses and knowing your strengths. So, in the community that I was brought up in, which is fighter aviation, we debrief every single second of every single flight to a painful extent. We call each other out if you're one degree off of heading or altitude or whatever the case may be. But we call each other out. And what it does is it gives you a thick skin. So helps you have the self-realization of what you're good at and what you're bad at and what you need to improve. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I built a team of like-minded individuals that have strengths where I have weaknesses. So we brought on a partner that has closed $50 million deals. We brought on advisors that have managed billions of dollars of assets from many different perspectives. And then we brought on advisors that have built companies. And when I say companies, I mean one of the largest airlines today. And we brought on people that have developed millions of square feet of real estate. So I looked to find people that could bring value where I have weaknesses. mm
1: mm-hmm. So it sounds like a lot of people before a deal has been done. So how are you approaching this?
0: Another thing that you talk about a lot that I am a huge proponent of is aligning incentives. Yep. So what we have done is we've got this team of people with all this talent. And in order for them to be incentivized, they have to have a piece of the company. And they have to have an idea of what is possible with that company. So we've sold the dream while being very honest about the challenges along the way. I think the basis of anything that you do in life is integrity and honesty and admitting what's gonna be challenging and where your shortcomings are. So we've been forthright with that. And as you get more and more people on board, it's a flywheel that starts to get its own momentum.
1: So you've brought on team members, everyone has equity in the company, correct? That's correct. Okay. So now, how many team members are on the team?
0: We have six team members. And I think that what has helped me attract the advisors, which I'm not counting as the team members, okay. is really how talented that team is. And I've been very blessed. I'm lucky that I went to the Naval Academy where I met really the greatest, most honest, hardworking, smart people. So. Some of these guys, Ivy League MBAs, our tech guy is actually working for one of the largest car companies heading up their autonomous car development. And as you get each additional talented person, it builds on itself and you can attract more and more talented people. Have I read what? Good to Great by Jim Collins. And don't worry, that's not my best ever book. (laughs) I don't think so. It's a fantastic book that I would highly recommend to all of the best ever listeners. But the point that I want to take from that is Jim Collins talks about getting the right people on the bus before you know what direction the bus is going to go. bus is your company because as it develops and as new challenges come, you may pivot, you may change the direction, but what you always need is talented, hardworking people that fit the culture of your company. Mm -hmm.
1: How much money and time have you put into the company so far?
0: I've put about $20,000 into the company, which is not a whole lot, but the time has been bigger. The six of us have been working on this pretty regularly for about a year, and most of that has been networking and finding investors both on the entity side and on a deal side.
1: Okay, so you all have spent a significant amount of time, and I mean dollars too. Twenty thousand is a decent chunk of money for a year. How come you haven't gotten the deal?
0: That's a great question. The reason was we wanted to go with the crowdfunding first, and crowdfunding takes about three hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, regulatory fees.
1: That's why just yeah. to be yep.
0: allowed to market the deal, let alone do anything else. The first thing you have to have is $300,000. And that's where until recently, our focus has been until we had some really good meetings and took the pivot that I talked about earlier, which is now we're going to focus on deals from a traditional syndicated standpoint.
1: hmm Okay, that's what I was wondering. When you talked about the crowdfunding platform, I knew it was more than 20K. I thought it was around 100 to get it up and running. 300
0: is the regulatory. You still need about 100 for a website. And then who knows how much, probably 100 to another 300 in advertising. So to really do it right, it costs closer to three quarters of a million dollars to set up the crowdfunding side.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So it is cost prohibitive for your team unless you bring on outside investors in the actual company to do crowdfunding. Therefore, you now have the team that you would have had with the crowdfunding space, but you've decided to pivot and go on a deal by deal basis. So what is the next step for your company?
0: What's really nice is in the process of raising the money on the entity side, we networked so well that we have relationships in place to fund deal by deal deals. So now we have very sophisticated investors so we can be opportunistic. We don't need to keep it to something easily understandable, which we were doing with the crowdfunding. So we've identified three different areas where we're looking to be opportunistic. One is the single family homes to turn into vacation rentals via Airbnb. I don't know how much you've looked into that, but the cap rates that you can get on that are simply fantastic.
1: Oh yeah. So we're
0: in the process of buying five to 10 homes in Las Vegas, which we are going to operate as Airbnbs. The second place where we're looking for deal flow is near and dear to your heart, which is large multifamily. We just spent this past weekend in Sacramento, Looking for deals there, but we're looking in a couple different locations for multifamily to get into. And then the third is non performing debt.
1: Is it basically whichever one hits first you're going to focus on? Or when you buy those five to 10 single families in Vegas, are you still going to look to do non performing and multifamily?
0: Yeah, we're going to look to do all three. That's part of the beauty and part of the reason that we built such a large team is the ability to take advantage of opportunities where they present themselves.
1: Okay. I love the single family to vacation rentals via Airbnb. As long as the policies don't change for how Airbnb is treated, those are just cash cows, just ridiculous the amount of cash you can make by turning a rental to uh, Airbnb.
0: Yeah, we have seen a couple of our friends doing it in Chicago, They've been buying multifamily at a six to eight cap rate and turning it to a 12 to 15. But absolutely, you're right. The regulatory risk is high, which is why the choice of market, I think that regulatory risk is the number one thing that we're worried about. However, we have identified a couple markets that we really like for both regulatory risk and the cash flow potential.
1: And where do you see those markets? One of them is Vegas.
0: Yeah, Vegas has 20 to 30% cap rates is what we've seen historically. The second is Palm Springs. Third is Nashville, Tennessee. The regulatory environment there is a little bit tougher. And then Savannah, Georgia is really, really good.
1: Savannah, Georgia and Charleston, South Carolina are the two cities on mine and Colleen's list to go visit. We haven't seen those places yet, really want to. When you said 20 to 30% cap rate, what are you referencing? With vacation rentals, it's 20 to 30?
0: Yeah, there's a pretty good technology company out there. They have an algorithm that they can look at the average occupancy and the average nightly rental. And what they can do on a zip code by zip code basis is tell you what a reasonably managed Airbnb has the potential to make in that zip code. And then if you take, the reasonable expectation of net operating income. You can also use Zillow to find the median price. So when I'm saying cap rate, it's a little bit of a swag from the averages. It's not the existing on a particular property. But part of the reason you need to do that is because this is such a new trend that existing data in place, stabilized assets is not available.
1: Mm. Yeah, I imagine in order to really make some headway with your company up equity, you're going to have to place significant dollars because five to 10 rentals is great for you or I, but not for a company with six people. So that's probably where the large multifamily comes into play and buying a bunch of non-performing notes, right?
0: Absolutely. We're looking to scale. I think that the way... That I see forward is not hitting home runs, it's hitting singles and doubles, but hitting a lot of them and doing it to scale. And what's nice is, like I said, with the networking, we have gotten access to a very scalable pool of cash and the ability to place that. What we need to do is the five to ten rentals, right, is not enough. But if we can prove that that is a viable model, which I think is fairly easy, then we can turn that from five to ten in one city to 20, 30, 40 in a city and then go to those different markets at the same time. And there are also tech companies out there that make it easier to find and place single family product. Another company that we have, have talked to, have you heard of Rootstock?
1: I just interviewed the CEO an hour ago.
0: Is that? Uh, Gary. So I've been talking with the chairman who had been a very good friend, a very good resource, very helpful. Roofstock is an incredible company. I can't speak highly enough about both the people running it and the opportunities that it provides.
1: What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: My best real estate investing advice ever is dream big and dream out loud. People are too afraid to wait till it's perfect to tell other people what they're doing. Another thing that we talk about a lot from the Naval Academy is Teddy Roosevelt and Man in the Arena. And it goes along with that is be the man in the arena, dream out loud and you'll get people to help you and you'll get people to believe in what you're doing and then you can all get on the bus in the same direction.
1: What's the man in the arena story?
0: Man in the arena it's a long quote by Teddy Roosevelt. It's more about it's the person who is trying and struggling that counts. It's not the critic who counts. It is about Living life and being out there going for it. And even if you fail, you know that you did your best and that you actually tried, which is much better than being the critic on the sideline just talking about people who either succeed or fail.
1: True that. I completely agree. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Can't wait. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real world case studies sprinkled in there too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com That's targetmarketinsights.com. Okay, here we go. Best ever book you've read.
0: Best ever book I've read, Never Eat Alone.
1: Best ever deal you've done.
0: Best ever deal I've done. In the real estate context, the first house that we bought, we bought with a VA loan. So put no money down and appreciation with no money down is infinite returns.
1: (laughs) What city is that in?
0: That's in Hanford.
1: I'm not familiar with Hanford. Where would I fly into if I was visiting Hanford?
0: You'd fly into Fresno. We're about halfway between San Francisco and Los Angeles.
1: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
0: A mistake that I've made on a real estate transaction is not doing it. At the last place I was stationed, I was told that we would only be there for nine months. So we decided to rent. As the case often is with the Navy. Plans change. We were there for two years. San Diego was above $2,000 a month. So we washed $50,000 down the drain. And by the way, it was 2011 in San Diego. We would have made hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity.
1: (laughs) What's the best ever way you like to give back?
0: Mentorship. I like to mentor people, but I think that one thing that is important to remember is Unsolicited advice is never good advice, even if you're telling people the right information. So I like to wait until people ask for it, but I'm happy to share expertise and experience. In addition to everything we're doing with Up Equity, I think the end goal is to be given back to our community.
1: And how can the fellow Best Ever listeners get in touch with you?
0: The best way to get in touch with me is to email me. That's Tim at Upequity.com.
1: Well, Tim, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for talking about your progression with Upequity or the company's progression. I mean, it costs 750000 or so to really have everything you need in order to launch a crowdfunding platform, 300000 just in regulatory fees alone, not to mention the other costs, so 7750 dollars or so. So then you all identified that you have the team built and now you're pivoting to focus on syndications and you have the investors based on the foundation you've built so far. You've got six team members on the team and now you're focused on single family homes, converting them to vacation rentals via Airbnb, then large multifamily and non-performing notes Then sharing the markets where you're seeing the Airbnbs really have some leeway with the regulatory process. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, Tim. Thanks for listening as well. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah,
0: thanks for your time.
1: The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.